This week, we continue our look at Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the newest addition to 5e Dungeons and Dragons. And we're talking about the Barbarian and the Path of Wild Magic. Support the Dungeon Master's Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer or three or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bill. How are you? We won again. This is good, but what is best in life? The open step. Three tours, falcons at your wrist, and the wind in your hair. Wrong! Scott! What is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of their women. That is good. That is good. Good morning, and how are you doing this beautiful spring-like day? He's excited because this, today we are going to talk about Lou's all-time favorite barbarian primal path. Isn't that right, Lou? He's practically drooling. He's so happy. I really, uh, I, I, I can't get behind this class at all. You don't like it? No. No? It's not what I'm used to, which was, if we go back to second edition, barbarians did not like magic weapon items, and that's where my mind set is at. And this guy just, I don't know, he. I don't like it. I'm going to try to put a positive slant on it for you, Lou, because I don't like seeing you like this. You're usually very effervescent, uh, upbeat, jovial. Um, you look you look like you need a hug. That, let me hold on. Can I have gonna, a drink instead? I'm going to take off my uh, headphones <laughs> over there and uh, give no. give Lou a hug. This is going to be cathartic, Lou, and you're allowed to cry. Okay. I all need right. to cry. Right. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, they are violating any and all social distancing uh, rules. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he's giving them a hug. All right. Yeah, well, they, I'm glad to see you put your, your, your shirt over your face to pretend you have a mask. That, that's, that was touching. I, I feel a little bit better. But see, what I'm going to do is make room on the buckboard up here on the, uh, on the old wagon because uh, I got someone who's going to jump up here with me and, and, and equally bash this class uh, or this subclass along with me. So yes. I'm I'm happy to have company up here on the bandwagon. So I would just like to piggyback on something Lou said about uh, alluding to being an old grognard, which the three of us are. Yes, and what we're used to in a barbarian. Yes. All right. Big, tough, gruff. Here we go. I grew up with, as we all did, 
the uh, pulp stories of Robert E. Howard and the beloved Conan of Samaria. <sighs> Good yep. old days. Around 1982, Conan the Barbarian with uh, the great Arnold Schwarzenegger, all 260 pounds of, of, of 7% body fat and massive muscle hit the screen in such barbarian slender or splendor that I, I wept. He still has the posters on his wall. In the I bedroom, do. I do. Much to his girlfriend's dismay. And now, on page 26 of Tasha's Cauldron <laughs> of Everything, we have the wood elf barbarian of wild magic who's dressed like Sailor Moon. <laughs> and this is another reason why I can't get behind this and, class. And has a ponytail, but not a fierce barbarian ponytail. Not like a Cal Drogo braid, you know, where it's like eight feet long because he's he's slain countless hundreds of people in, in manly, manly battle. But no, this is like... The girls had a sleepover and said, let me do your hair. Yeah. And he's smiling. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> so it looks like he's skipping sideways. If I saw if I saw <laughs> Sailor Moon Barbarian coming at me with the big smile, you know, like it looks like he's skipping. Carrying carrying Conan's sword, barely carrying Conan's sword. I would not be impressed, nor would I be fearsome. Now I am a fat out of shape old man, but still that gambling You, you don't little, find you don't find this intimidating? I do not. I do not. Oh. oh, I would send him back to his room to think about running around with my sword and his sister's skirt, and <laughs> <laughs> because that just doesn't and and it, the outfit doesn't match. No, it doesn't <laughs> match. Are you accessorizing? Is that it? So uh, that is that is yeah. my issue with the. Uh, Path of Wild Magic. I I would um it just doesn't do it for me. Like I would I would be thinking someone like um what was what was his name in the Conan movies? You know the 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 wizard that lived in the hut. Oh, kind of um, on yes. the stilts. You know, he had the little uh tug of war with the uh the other like wizard um in Conan the Destroyer. Uh t- I I'm horrible with names. And the actor's so. got one the actor is such a badass, he only needs one name. That's it. He's like Cher, Madonna, Roseanne, only he's a guy. He's got he's got one name, and I keep forgetting so what So you're the, the name guy. I'm not. Oh, jeez. His, his eyebrows are smoking. He's thinking yeah. so damn hard. I think he was in big trouble in Little China, too. Lou's furiously trying to find it on the on the laptop. Coincidentally, you would never see him in a, uh, in a frilled uh, piece of clothing. No, he'd be um, wearing animal hides. Yes, orange stripes. Uh, Maybe that's a <clears throat> path of the wild magic. Mako. Mako. Yes. Mako. I knew it was a shark name. <laughs> um, yeah, Mako. Someone like 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 him who wasn't the character, but the actor portraying the character. You know, in animal hides and stuff like that. Yep. But not Sailor Moon. Catholic school outfit. Wood elf barbarian. <laughs> um, so shame on you, Wizards of the Coast, for making an unintimidating-looking barbarian. I'm sure he, the barbarian's wonderful to be around because he's smiling, even while attacking. So, I mean, that's like, maybe he's the upbeat person in the office, you know, the one that's <laughs> always positive where you're just like, Good oh, my morning. God. Good morning. Can you be miserable just a little bit once? <laughs> 
Yeah, a morning person. Yeah, this is the morning person barbarians. Yes, yeah. Like I said, I guess for me it's because they just have so much magical influence running through their frail self. Well, not for nothing. I was never a big fan of wild magic in the first place. I think it it, now being the continuity master and being the the rules lawyer and you know I'm not the story person. I'm the mechanics person. Uh, So for me, I like my my, all my soldiers in a row and. Even though I don't run a static campaign, I think that way. Yep. And the wild magic is just that. It's wild magic, and it is very, very disruptive. But this is not really wild magic because there's nothing that can inherently no, no, go wrong. No, no, what I'm saying is originally that's why I don't like wild oh, okay. magic. So I find myself skewed in not necessarily a, a favorable light on this particular subclass because of its affinity to wild magic. And you're right. There is a, it's a very short list of what it's not the hundred items or whatever that was in the original ones. It's it, very benign too. It, it's um, just eight items, and yeah, I think the probably the only thing there that I've seen that would probably is the teleport. I don't know, but let's but, just let's. I well, let's talk yes. about this and see All if right. I can change your. I know I'm not going to change Bill's mind because <laughs> that's Bill, but Lewis. You have hope there. I have. You have. Hope. I have hope. <laughs> I um. I am set in my ways so firmly, so <laughs> firmly, <laughs> so firmly. Uh, many places in the multiverse abound with the beauty, intense emotion, and rampant magic of Feywild and Upper Plains and other realms. The supernatural power radiate with such force and can profoundly influence people, except me. Except, except Bill. <laughs> One of these days, Bill. One of these days. I <laughs> have faith. Um, so they, they, they describe barbarians as uh, folk of deep feeling, which I think is accurate, and that they're especially susceptible to these, these wild influences. I want to talk about it now, but I'm not going to. Um, so these, uh, these, uh, wild, these wild magic suffused barbarians uh, walk this path of, of, of wild magic. So at, at third level, you get this magic awareness, right? So as an action, you can open your awareness to the presence of concentrated magic. It's like you're looking for it. Maybe you're focusing on ley lines or, or, or something. Maybe you just kind of feel the magical thrum of the world that you're living in. You have magical spidey sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how. how <laughs> that's how I. Yeah. That's how I interpret it. You have you have magical spidey sense. Yeah, you know, maybe you get the goose goosebumps, you know, or or your hair uh, kind of stands up on the back of your neck or whatever. You, you just this primal kind of. You feel a tug on your feel. ponytail. Yeah, it's probably the. <laughs> probably the kid sitting behind you dipping it in an inkwell. There's there's only. There's only a small number of people listening that will understand what that is. That that's the uh, the 37 percent of the 45 yeah. years or older yeah. of our listenership. God bless you guys. So uh, when you sense a spell, you learn which school of magic it belongs to. So you can you know the location of any spell or magic item within 60 feet of you that isn't behind total cover. So you kind of feel. That's the, where I call bullshit. The, yeah, that. <laughs> That for me is, that's a little much. Like, I would think, like, I can sense the magic, right? I can feel the magic that's around me. Magic is a natural thing, I think, and, you know, the world is permeated with it. I can sense the magic. 
and I could kind of maybe tap into that much the way a sorcerer does and kind of bend the magic to my will, or I can use myself as a conduit for the magic to flow through and what comes out the other end, who knows? But mm-hmm. it just seems like, okay, I can find a spell. That seems a lot like... And, uh, and, and, and know, know what it is. And know what it is. And know yeah. what it is. Like, well, at least the school of magic. Right. You may not know the exact spell, but the school. And depending yeah. on the situation, that could tell you quite a bit before you even get hit by the spell. Hogwash. Eh. I, I, yeah. To me, it's just, uh, this is just a, 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 I would say a lighter form of detect magic. It, it is. Um, I see it as like, like a video game almost where you're running around, like, you know, grabbing mana or something like that to fill your spell bar back up with. I'd, I think I would call it, instead of detect magic, I'd call it aware of magic. Okay. Yeah, like a magical awareness. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Just like it says in the name. Yeah. <laughs> and you can you can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and after a long rest, you get it all back. Yay! At third level, you also get a wild surge, because as if it isn't wild enough, uh, magical energy roiling inside you sometimes erupts from you. When you enter your rage, roll on the wild magic table to determine the uh, magical effect produced. The effect requires a saving throw DC. Uh, of eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your constitution modifier, and then there is a list of eight items on this particular magic effect. And I want to point out that there's nothing detrimental on this list either. No, wild magic of previous editions was kind of like a white knuckle ride, you know. It, um, yeah, you can go because, from butterflies to lightning bolts. Yeah, and and um, it, it was it could be pretty rough, you know. It was very uh, very unpredictable. And a lot of it was detrimental to yourself. Yeah. It was, well, it was wild. It was wild. Yep. Yeah, some of it was detrimental to the people around you, but whether it be friend or foe, so a lot of it was not harmful at all. It was all effect. But yeah, you could you could uh, end up like bitch slapping yourself pretty hard. And you're right. And there's really nothing on here that, uh, oh, your rage ended. Oh, okay. That's it. Oh, wow. I mean, it. If they are going to use this table, I hope people put in some not so, I won't say detrimental things, but things, if, if you want to give your, your barbarian uh, advantage, I would make it so everybody, like it would be like a rain of uh, flowers, petals. But this way, everybody gets the disadvantage now. Something yes. a little bit, you know, it's not going to hurt everybody too bad. Yeah. It's not really, I should say, harmful physically, but. When you're trying to tax them, you know, even your comrades now are trying to tax them. They're going to get that same disadvantage. Mm, potpourri fog. Yeah. Yeah. And I get why they do it the way they do because, you know, a lot of people would be turned off um, by the way Wild Magic was in previous editions. See, I uh, liked it. I, I, I really did like the old Wild Magic. Yeah. I guess I, that's maybe because that's I'm from the old school. It was, it was, um, it was just fun. Uh, it was fun to play around with the table. It wasn't always beneficial, um, you know, and sometimes it, it it could go south real real badly. But it wasn't it wasn't all benevolent. It wasn't all 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 benign. Right, but when you're not trained, and especially at third level, if you're not trained at all, it shouldn't be all something that's beneficial. There should be a little bit of something in there that will either slow you down, you know give you some disadvantage or something somewhere along the line. Everything here is beneficial. 
you know, I'll let you go through through list and um, we'll go we'll, we'll talk about them after. Yeah, I, well, you get uh, we'll run through the magical effects. Shadowy yeah. tendrils lash around you, so uh, each creature of your choice that you can see within thirty feet of you must succeed on a Constitution saving throw and take one d twelve necrotic damage. You also gain one d twelve temporary hit points. Yeah, so you do damage and you get hit points back. Yep. All right, uh, number two, you teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see until your rage ends, you can use this effect again on each of your turns as a bonus action. So does that mean you can attack and then poof away? Uh, it's a bonus action. It's a bonus action, so yeah. So again, beneficial. Yep. Yay, I'm, I'm a crazy blink dog. An yep. intangible spirit, which looks like a flump or a pixie, your choice appears within five feet of one creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you. At the end of your current turn, the spirit explodes, and each creature within five feet of it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 1d6 force damage. Until your rage ends, you can use this effect again, summoning another spirit on each of your turns as a bonus action. Why a flump or a pixie? Because they're not seen as dangerous. A uh, pixie, I would see as dangerous. I don't know. I find you, them real. I find them pretty tasty. <laughs> well, that's Charles speaking. Yes. <laughs> I I I don't know why. Maybe because they're not really dangerously looking. I don't know. A flump certainly certainly isn't. I mean, with a name like a like flump though. I mean, flump. Yeah. Just does that what it sounds like when it explodes? Flump flump. A poof. Um, <laughs> I get I get the impression this is very like uh, Sylvan. Oriented, you yeah, know, very fey, yeah, fey touched. Um, I I can't I can't see anybody in in the mountain ranges of Samaria, you know, casting exploding flump <laughs> on an enemy. But you know, it'd work. I you know, in a in a um, a Sylvan kind of kind of campaign, a, 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 a fey geared campaign. I'm gonna convince you, Lou, that this has its place, and the suck factor is not as bad as you think. We'll see. All right, here, here, let me pretend I'm helping. Uh, number four, uh, magic infuses one weapon of your choice that you are holding. Uh, until your rage ends, the weapon's damage type changes to force, and it gains the light and throne properties with a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60. If the weapon leaves your hands, the weapon reappears in your hand at the end of the current turn. 60 feet throw, so let's huck my sword, and it'll just pop back in my hands. I'm bad. Not liking either. Whenever a creature hits you with an attack roll before your rage ends, that creature takes 1d6 force damage as magic lashes out in retribution. There's fun stuff you can do with this. Really, really, really fun <laughs> stuff. Okay, yes, there probably is. If you, you're going to play this in a, in a one-shot, maybe two or three-day you know, campaign or whatever, I just can't see playing this thing for a long period of time. And I call it a, a thing because I, this is not something I would play. I'm starting to sound like me. I could see that. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I can I can see this going on for a long period of time. I really can. I'll, I'll trust me on this. All right, well, number six. Until your range your rage ends, you are surrounded by multicolored protective lights. You gain a plus one bonus to AC, and while within ten feet of you, your allies gain the same bonus. Fairy fire, kind of. It reminds me of fairy fire. Well, fairy fire was just to help you target things. This reminds me of like a small prismatic wall. Prismatic like wall. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, the beginning of a prismatic wall. Again, nothing detrimental. Maybe the next one. 
Flowers and and vines temporarily grow around you until your rage ends. The ground within 15 feet of you is difficult terrain for your enemies. Again, for your enemies. Yeah, I just thematically I I don't see I see rose someone, bushes. Someone going into a rage and then flowers and growing. Yes. Arr! Poof. Roses. Yeah. <laughs> rose bushes. Rose bushes. Wow. Um and number 8. A bolt of light shoots from your chest. Another creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 radiant damage and be blinded until the start of the next turn. Until your rage ends, you can use this effect again on each of your turns as a bonus action. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm going to say that with the wild magic, here's here's where I think the wild part comes into it is that you don't know what you're not like casting a spell per se you have no you have no uh formal training you have no necessarily like an, an inherent ability like a sorcerer you're just it's like a subconscious cast it's a, the the magical energy that's flowing through you manifests itself in certain ways scott made a point right. um, so you know would you like something good to happen with you or something the good happening along with you well so i like maybe i'm not understanding the class fully so you're playing cal and you're raging you get to attack with your weapons and still one of these effects take happen yes that's 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 what i'm gathering yeah not liking it would you like a pillow on this uh board up here in the bandwagon with me i think so okay i want to make sure you're comfortable i think i think it has its place i do i we'll I, see we got a little ways to go here uh, bolstering magic. Uh, you harness your wild magic to bolster yourself or a companion. As an action, you can touch one creature, uh, which can be yourself, and confer one of the following benefits of your choice to that creature. For 10 minutes, the creature can roll a D3 whenever making an attack roll or an ability check and add that number to the D20 roll. Or roll a D3. The creature regains one expended spell slot the level which equals the number rolled or lower, creature's choice. Uh, once a creature receives his benefit, uh, the creature can't receive it again until after a long rest. Uh, you get unstable backlash at 10th level, where if you're imperiled during your rage, the magic within you can lash out immediately after you take damage or fail a saving throw while raging. You can use your reaction to roll on the wild magic table and immediately produce the effect rolled. This effect replaces your current wild magic effect. So basically they broke you. I, I can't get behind this, though. It, if, if I read this one, and all I can think is like the, the needle on your your uh, LP skipping back to yep. like a couple of verses. Oh, yeah, yep. <laughs> That's way back. Yeah. <laughs> I had to think for a second. LPs are making a comeback. Yeah, they are. We have a bunch. I have a bunch of vinyl still. Yep. I, I, was, I was told that by someone... I was having a discussion with her. She's twelve, and she's like, <laughs> "He's, you know, those those plastic records, you know, the round ones. I said, yeah, like the the vinyl records from that you play in a record player." She's like, "Yeah, those are a thing now." I said, "They're really a thing." Yeah, I said, "People are listening to records." She's like, "No, they're just kind of like hanging them on their wall for a vibe," which I guess is like another way to say for like decoration. So you have like, she's like, "So you know, you decorate like." It was the eighties. So you're gonna ruin which, which good was, vinyl. Which was like to her, 
the 1800s. <laughs> you know, like people were still dying of the consumption. You know, um, for what it's worth, um, the actually the playing of the LPs is actually uh, getting really, really huge. They started up new plants to print vinyl for records, and actual record player sales have like doubled over the last few years. So they are actually playing the LPs as well. Let's move on. (laughs) Controlled Surge, 14th level. Uh, Whenever you roll on the Wild Magic Table, you can roll twice uh, the die. Yeah, yeah, you can roll the die twice and choose which of the two effects you want to unleash. If you roll the same number on both dice, you can ignore the number and choose any effect on the table out of the massive number of eight. I'm sure they'll expand... Well, that's what I'm saying. I hope that the DMs or dungeon, you know, whoever's running the game, will expand. But put something in there that's not so. Everything is so helpful. It's wild magic for a reason. Um, uh, rip the entire chart out. Go back to the AD and D book. Grab the original wild magic chart. Throw that in there and grab your percentiles. I'm happy. I think I think you're thinking of this in the same way that you're thinking like you're comparing it to AD and D. Because that's what I'm used to, you know, with this class, I should say. Yeah. You know, they weren't really magic heavy back then. No, no, no. They they, they were very different. Yeah, and even uh, earlier, I think they had resistance to magic. They did. Yes. Yep. Uh, Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, it was like so. 19, 1980, 1981, something like that is when it came out. But I think it's, you know, the the the, the wild magic here is, is still, you know, it's kind of like uncontrolled, but it's not as uncontrolled i think uh the wild magic chart from uh ad and d was very much so like the critical hit and critical fumble charts which i always cared for too. you know it was always very mm-hmm. chart heavy yep. in previous editions and i think this is just a way for them to incorporate the wild magic and uh, making it a little more lean because with 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 AD and D and all those earlier editions as much as i loved it it was very 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 bulky you were kind of like i got to you know, consult a chart for this, or I got to consult a chart for that, or we have to look at our weapon speeds to make sure, you know, it's a fact of this math in there. And um, I think it's, this is just a pared down version of what that, that was back so in con- 1980, whatever it was. But after saying that, I bet you if we were playing Cal and I went, would you like me to break out the uh, critical hit table and see what kind of, it- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get my percentile dice. That was the only thing that rolled good for him. <laughs> <laughs> So percentile dice, yeah. Well, Call of Cthulhu, I discovered it was my game. It was your game because everything had to be rolled rolled low. Got to roll low. Like, roll I got low. the oh, dice you, for this, baby. You were kicking ass. <laughs> Twelve, <laughs> one, fourteen. I think you rolled seven three times. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, yeah, this is great. So convince me. Put this on a campaign and show me why I would yes, like it. Convince or, us or how I would like it. All right, with with this wild magic, I would. And this is just at, at, at my table. How you do it at your table is how you decide, right? Yep. I would I would bar the wild magic from uh, humans um, and dwarves. I think, and the reason for that is there's the uh, the humans would have probably already established like legitimate schools of magic if they happen to be barbarians, you know, like on the outskirts of civilization their magic would probably be a little more shamanistic. Okay. Right? Maybe even sorcerers, right? An inherent ability. They wouldn't have any, like, 
schools of wizardry or anything like that, but you would see warlocks, right, in barbarian cultures and certainly sorcerers, right? So wild magic wouldn't really, really come into play. I don't, I, I don't think halflings would be a good fit for it. Tieflings, yeah. Um, elves, absolutely. So going with our um, fantasy woodland theme, I think it would fit in there nicely um, because this individual could have started off in the Feywild, right? Could have been an elf born in the Feywild. And for some reason, whatever that may be, that character and his parents had to flee the Feywild or there was a constant back and forth from um, this plane to the Feywild. So the child was 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 brought back and forth, back and forth, so they were kind of fey touched. So they would maybe have that extra attunement to the magic of the world, but maybe have no idea how to control it, uh, because there wouldn't be any any formal uh teachings or maybe the the child uh grew up on its own. Maybe the parents um parents were slain on their way into or out of the Feywild, the child had to kind of uh, grow up on its own, maybe uh, living an almost feral existence and having a natural affinity towards magic and the magic of the world. Here you have someone that that, that, that grows up, has a lot of the, the, the same abilities of a barbarian because they were out in the wilderness the entirety of their life. And they've just, you know, as child children are naturally curious. So if they they find something, okay, I'll find some magic and I'll fool around with it and, you know, just to see what the effects will be. And they're always different every time and I have a little bit more control over it. So now the detrimental effects aren't, you know, as bad. I'm not, you know, there's not lightning bolts falling from the sky and toasting people. And I think in that setting, it would be, it would be very applicable, especially if it was like a wild elf. Okay, I'm listening. You know, someone that maybe wasn't um, wasn't in a civilized area. I would think if someone had all these magical abilities in a town or a city, someone would be like, you know, we need to get this kid into some sort of training program so they don't kill themselves or somebody else or do a lot of damage to real estate. You know, we'll send them over to the wizard's tower to apprentice under someone. But someone left to their own devices out in the wilderness or something would not have had that opportunity. You know, maybe it's this uh, this feral child running around and now you make me feel sorry for this kid. Yeah, and now here they are. They're they're kind of they're still living on the outskirts of these little towns and villages and stuff like that. But they have enough kind of social skills to insert themselves into these somewhat civilized areas, so people are aware of them. They know them. They uh, they travel in and out. Maybe they do a little trading. Maybe they're whittling something and you know selling them or or selling hides from their hunt. And they have this in- inherent magical ability or this attunement to uh, magic. But they do not dress like Sailor Moon. How did you put it that way? I think I could, I probably would play the class like I said for a one shot. See how it is. Let me ask you this question: In the current campaigns that we've been playing, would you play this character? I, in the current campaigns that we've been playing, I don't know that this character would fit. Well, okay, let's use our Monday night tables. Some of our ones that you know we just did one shots with. 
Yeah, I would. I would. Um, I would. No, I'm not really drawn to the character, to be honest <laughs> with you. I I do think it, it has a place. I would I would certainly portray an NPC like this. If if I had to do any of these barbarian uh, primal paths, the path of the beast. The path of the beast. I uh, I think I could have a lot of a lot of fun with. I I don't know. I would I would give it a shot. I would um I would have to give it a lot of thought. I'm see. Well, like, I'm going to ask the the oldest one of us here, Bill. Yes, would you play this character? Uh, Let's say it's a one shot. And I, in a I, that, I would Scott. I would play this barbarian uh, with wild magic as an Asimar, who, being heaven touched, doesn't really give a rat's ass about the mortal man and. The effects that happened, if it's, you know, of course, I'm not going to hurt myself, so, because I'm better than everyone else, and I would just let the effects fly, and uh, I would find it comical, and would watch the, the lesser forms scamper around uh, as as the effects went off, and that's how I would play this. Okay, see, the way he put it that, I can get behind that a little bit. I think I think this character would be, uh, would be good for, like, a uh, companion character comedy so, support yeah i mean i wouldn't want to relegate it to a non-serious character right. but i th- i think that um i think if you if you like made a um path of wild magic barbarian and maybe made him a uh, companion to a druid elderly druid who's trying to look over him yeah or even another player character yeah you know at the table i think it would i think it would fit well depending on what what your what your setting is going to be like what, what type of, and that's where it's key for like a session zero for something like yep. this. Um, you know, we talked with the artificers about this kind of like dystopian post-apocalyptic Eberron thing. And, and this, this uh, primal path would have it really wouldn't work there, but no. if you were going um, like, I would, I would play this character in a Dolman Woods setting for um i think it was like uh was it bx essentials um it's the old uh, well not the old but the wormwood zine that they put out in the osr community oh yeah yeah yep. you know some something like that i think it would it would have a great uh i'd have a great time with it i think but it have to be the right setting and that, yeah, I it, it would really have there. to be the right setting there'd have to be a lot of a lot of clarity made in that session zero I think I, the only time I'd really play this is if it came up as a random role, which I often do when I Iron Man right. my character builds. It's like, all right, I'm stuck with it. I will play it. I do. I I would. I will. I will write an adventure, and I will do pre gens. They're all gonna be this, <laughs> and uh, not all of them. And uh, I'll I'll let you know. I'll let the players pick between a stack of like uh, ten, but Lou has to play the wild magic. <laughs> primal path <laughs> no but I, I i think i think it's i think it's got i think it's got its place I, I i think i think there's a lot of hate coming its way um i you're welcome i just i don't i would want to play with the wild magic chart a little bit i'd i'd want maybe like 20 spell effects or 30 i'd want you know something let's roll a d20 let's roll a d30 right um, I'd, I'd see at least 40% of it being detrimental, and, 40, uh, 40% of it being positive, another 20% being basically not effective, neutral, yeah. you're neutral. 
Um, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, a, a, a lightning bolt blowing down and charring your arm off. Well, like or, I said, like but a bunch of flowers just falling and giving everybody yeah, a disadvantage. There's got to be something in there that, that everyone goes, oh, geez, please don't let them, you know. Or oh, butterflies. A foul yeah. odor. Yeah. Yeah, um, some someone grows like some. donkey ears or or what whatever, but yeah. um, I think I think it certainly has its place. I'd fool around a little bit with the wild magic chart. I mean, it still has the all the other barbarian abilities, right? But I, you know, it's the uh, you know, if I'm until your rage ends, I would it wouldn't be um, uh, or what was it, the one with the flowers. I don't know. While I'm raging, or while the barbarians raging, I, I wouldn't have flowers growing. I, you know, mushrooms or something like that. You know, it's uh, spiky thorns. Yeah, or, yeah. But ooh, look a bouquet. Yeah, I would. I would play around with it a little bit. I guess I'd, what, I'd home bo- brew what it. bothers me too is um, the light coming out of the chest. Oh, you want just your armor to have that, right? Mr. No, Iron I, Man? I don't I really don't even care about the armor too much. I just can't see a beam of light coming out of his chest. Yeah, I would I would um I would reskin that a little bit. I you know, my interpretation is is there's just um you tapped into you tapped into, you know, a, a big fountain of magical energy and it's I got would, nowhere's to go. Yeah, I would have it come out the ears and the mouth and the nostrils, you know, and, and the eyes and stuff. Go and, full blown jack o' lantern. Yeah, you know something like that. You know the chest. Eh, I don't know. I think that's that that's pretty weak. But um, I would reskin it. You know, I'm not afraid to do a little reskinning. I think that's that's an you know an important thing to do. Um, and uh, you know, certainly in 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 that case, you know, giving it a little bit of a little bit of thought. You know, maybe not a flump for a, an exploding pixie. Maybe something. Maybe something different. A porcupine. A possum. Oh, exploding porcupines. I like that. Quills everywhere. Yeah. Thing things like that geared towards, you know, the uh the the natural world a little bit. Um but this you could do stuff with. We could have a good time with this. Well in I, the right I think it boils down to um there's we would rewrite this kind of heavily. As is uh, I don't think I'm attracted to this at all. This is probably my my least, one of my least favorite subclasses. Uh, this this one's this is not your father's barbarian for sure. No, um, no, no. But yeah, I I think we would rewrite this kind of heavy. But as is, it's not something I find myself drawn to. Um, I've made plenty of room on the uh, the bandwagon here for Lou to ride alongside of me. You I'm could, going to. For that, you can for feel one. free to uh, come in behind us and 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 chant all the positive things you want. But uh, I'm not going to give up on it. I I'm. I could find a place in a story for just about anything. But I, I think one of the big takeaways from this, what both Scott and Bill have been saying, especially with this class, um, make sure it fits the world. Make sure you talk to your GM. Make sure your GM talks to you because it may not be the right class, subclass to play. And you just have to to understand that sometimes it just it doesn't fit. So I think that's one of the, the biggest takeaways that we can take away from like us not liking or caring for the class too much. Um because it really doesn't fit our world. Number one, number two, it, it, like even I, as a GM, I wouldn't care for this class. I think a person would be bored after a while, anyway. Hey, that's a good point. I think um, I think boredom would would kind of come in come into play with this after after a while. Well, you know, I, after five seeing or what six the other barbarians maybe. could do, 
all the other barbarians, not just the the path of the beast, but all the other ones, you know, they have some very interesting thematics behind them. I don't, I can't see it on this one. Maybe my yeah. imagination just, you know, with barbarians just doesn't go that far. I would, I would see, you know, an all barbarian party, which you could have a blast with, you know, yep. kind of something like the Thirteenth Warrior. Yes, um, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see this barbarian getting invited. No, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I just wouldn't. They'd be like, you know, no, you can. Yeah, no, we get it. You can stand alongside and take the damage just like we. And, you can and stay but, home. But yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, the card's full. Well, uh, not only that, just that picture. <laughs> it bothers me. I, I think they, I think they missed an opportunity to make it look kind of badass. I think they tried to make them look a little crazy with in the vein of the wild magic and it it didn't come off that way. The only thing that's crazy is that smile. I think I think wood elf or or wild elf with face paint or a tattoo or something like that. Um no, put that smile on a half orc and put him in the same pose and then you got a whole different critter. You sure do. Yep. Put that smile on a on a half orc. In the same outfit, everything just turn it to a half elf or a half orc, and then then you have a you have a crazy barbarian. But it doesn't even give me the crazy vibe when I read this either. So I'm I'm no. trying to I, I don't know if I'm I'm missing something. I, I think I think it's I think it's too weak. I think it's the grognards in us. Yeah, it's probably the fact that we're just old dudes and we're we're so yeah. ingrained Play in such barbarians. A big part. It, it does. It, it, it plays we, a huge we part. We do try. We do try to be open minded and look at this stuff. But there's some things that, when it goes cross grain, it goes cross grain. And the what little hair we do have left is on the back of our neck, and it's all standing up on end. Speak for yourselves. But um, yeah, the silver fox over here has a full head of hair. I still think it's that spray on stuff. But you know what? Your table may have a totally, totally different take on it. You know, and they you may know. like it. You know, yeah, oh, I, know, I know a lot of people look at this going, I want to play this. Yeah, the game master goes, I want it. you to play this. Yeah, go for it. If it works for you, you know, that's the whole thing. Uh, there are dozens and dozens of, of combinations that you can come between classes and subclasses and races. Put together what works for you, what works well for your game master. That's where session zero comes in. Have the conversation and go, you know, we can make this work. I know I can play this. And the game master goes, I want to write for you. Go for it. And have fun. Um, don't listen to the grognards all the time. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, if you were to ask the woman I live with, I'm very seldom right. <laughs> <laughs> so don't always listen to me. I may not be given the best advice, but I do think that you could. I'm certain I could write a story for this. And I think a player could have a, a pretty good, pretty good time. No, I'm I'm certain I could write something for it too. I'm certain I could play the hell out of it. Um, I'm also certain I may not like it. I say this is the but one I, class I don't but, think I could play. But but I, I I'll play anything that's put in front of me. You know that's from, you, that, you, yeah. that comes from the old RPGA yep. days when you used to go to the conventions and you had they, you were always handed a pregen and you had 15 minutes to figure it out before you played three and a half hours a session. So I can play anything um, from the crazy Sailor Moon barbarian to, um, you know, a, a small animal to a brick. It doesn't matter. I'll play the hell out of everything. But it doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it. 
But here's the good thing. He's still yelling from the back of the bandwagon. Oh, uh, here's the good thing. Tell us. Next week, we're talking about the Bard. And there's some pretty cool Bard stuff. Bard that's, stuff that's I happening. like. So, and Lou's shaking his head. He's just, he's a cranky old man. Well, we'll, we'll get to what I have to say when we talk about the Bard. All right, let's let's do that. And that's our look at Path of the Wild Magic Barbarian. Stay tuned next week when we talk about the Bard. I'm still flustered about this Barbarian. Yes, I am. I don't like it. (laughs) I really don't. I really... I I know. (laughs) That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at thedungeonmastersdojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.